Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Tuesday, November the 9th. Here's the question. Is feminism harmful to women? Hmm. We're going to have that conversation today with Lila Lawler. She has a three-volume set coming out from Sophia Institute Press called the Summa Domestica. I mean, think about three volumes in this set. Praise be to God. It handles family life. It handles education and housekeeping. uh, Building a home. Praise be to God. It's it's a conversation around modernist feminist ideas and why those could be harmful to women. And Lila Lawler will be our guest at the at the guest segment, thirty five past the hour this hour. Coming up at fifteen past, I want to talk about what we could expect next week in Baltimore with the U.S. Bishops Conference. You know, the uh, the pillar has come out with a survey of their own. We, we we all are very familiar with the surveys that come out with the Pew Research Institute and all of that. Well, they've done their own, and uh, so quoting from this particular set of research, John Berger over at Aladia has uh, this article called What to Expect at Next Week's Catholic Bishops Meeting. I want to talk about that. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. So we also have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We have breaking news and stories, and so much more today. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Hopefully you can join us for all of the hour. If not, maybe consider joining us next hour as well when we play our game Fear and Trembling with a, uh, another mystery guest player, I guess we call it. a player, co-host, co-player. I don't know. We're going to have somebody that you don't know, uh, you have maybe haven't heard in a long time on the program to help us play our game Fear and Trembling. And prizes are at stake. All that coming up next hour, which you can, by the way, join us right on our website if you wish, grnonline.com forward slash grn, or rather CDT. Good grief, it's Tuesday. grnonline.com forward slash CDT is the website. You can listen live, you can watch live, you can comment live, you can do a lot of stuff on our website, including get the rules and the phone number to the game show, podcast, all that and more at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Stuff is breaking and it's early in the week. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it? Praise be to God, it is. In spite of it all? Oh, it's great. Wonderful. Praise be to God. <laughs> the, uh, early mornings with the daylight savings means uh, we get to see the sunrise. So that's that's pretty good. I love people, a sunrise, man. People were complaining. Uh, they're like, man, now you got to get up earlier if you want a longer day. And I was like, oh, uh, right. Does that mean I get Awkward. to go to? It gets darker earlier. I can go to bed earlier. That's yeah, exactly. interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. It helps us get to bed earlier. Absolutely. Actually. So I think this whole daylight saving things is uh, just directed towards you know giving us more sleep. Praise be to God. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. I approve. I approve. I approve this message. Hey, speaking of approve, uh, he's not on yet, but I think uh, the Burriers. Are gonna usually? They usually hang out with us almost every day. Well, Jeff yes. Burrier's today. I think today's his birthday, right? I saw that. I saw that today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Jeff Burrier! If you're listening today, God bless you. Praise be to God. Uh, one of our CDT insiders. He actually came to visit us here at the studio, which was super fun to meet him and his uh, his kids and his mom, and and we loved that. So, uh, congratulations and happy birthday to you, Jeff Burrier. 
survived uh, another year. You survived yet another year, and God is so very good. But all right, so we have a lot to jump into this hour. There's so much in the news; it's hard to keep track. And to be honest with you, it is hard to decide what to share and what not to share, only because there's just so little time to do that. So we have to pick and choose. And I tend to try to pick stories that I think that uh, one will give you some information on those particular topics, but also maybe some stories that you haven't heard of. So that's part of the deal too, which leads me to one of my points in that we have a new member of the CDT family joining us in, uh, I think in a week and a half now. And I'll be revealing that person to you, um, I don't know, today, maybe in the after show. I might do that today in the after show. So if you join us on the live video feed for the second half of the second hour, then you'll get the insider scoop. I'll also put it in the email list later this week. So make sure to join the CDT Insider email list on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, that's the deal. Let's pray. Let's get started. Let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world. Let's pray for the repose of those souls that have to uh, go to their judgment in death today, especially to the faithful departed, that uh, their time in purgatory will be quick and uh, they will enjoy the beatific vision. Let's pray for uh, a sort of a holding to the faithful traditions of the church, Holy Mother Church, especially in the hierarchy, uh, for the mission to, sa- to save souls around the world. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines. Ground News reports U.S. judge upholds United Airlines COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Business Insider reports Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez responds after Rep. Paul Gosar shared a violent anime edited to include her. Quote, this dude is just a collection of wet toothpicks, unquote. It's like high school all over again. On Sunday, Rep. Paul Gossar of Arizona tweeted an edited anime scene depicting a character with his face edited on it using two swords to slash the back of the neck of a larger character featuring Ocasio-Cortez's face. He included the caption, quote, Any anime fans out there? Unquote. The tweet had surpassed 3 million views as of Monday night. Epic Times reports the Surgeon General does not rule out extending vaccine mandates to small businesses. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy on Sunday said the administration would not rule out extending the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private businesses to employees or employers, rather, with fewer than 100 workers. When asked during the ABC News interview on Sunday about whether the policy, which is slated to go into effect January the 4th, would extend to smaller businesses, Murthy stated, quote, certainly nothing is off the table, unquote. However, he did say they are focusing on the current rule at the moment. Breitbart reports the Biden-Harris administration is considering closing a second pipeline as gas prices soar. The administration is considering a request from 12 federally recognized tribes that uh, they want to cancel a 78-year-old oil line 5 pipeline. 
The pipeline is owned by a Canadian company named Enbridge. The tribes sent a letter to the Biden-Harris administration Friday to request their, quote, help in terminating an existential threat to our treaty-protected rights, resources, and fundamental way of life, unquote. They argue that the oil pipeline infringes on, a, on an 1836 Treaty of Washington, quote, which seceded, which ceded Ojibwe and Odawa lands in Michigan in exchange for fishing, hunting, and gathering rights on treaty territory, unquote. But Jason Hayes, director of the environmental policy at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, believes canceling the pipeline would violate an agreement with Canada that allows the pipeline to flow between the two North American countries. The 1,200-mile pipeline would have moved up to 830,000 barrels of crude daily. The Gateway is reporting thousands, including city workers, LAPD officers, and firefighters gather outside Los Angeles City Hall to protest upcoming deadline for COVID vaccine mandates. On Monday morning, thousands of citizens gathered in Grand Park outside Los Angeles City Hall to protest the city's authoritarian vaccine mandate. A large percentage of the crowd, if not the majority, were municipal workers, including members of the police department and fire department, as well as employees of several other city departments. Los Angeles citywide deadlines for its employees to get the jab is to kick in December the 18th. Anyone who doesn't will face layoffs. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day, I know I must say before before getting into the saint of the day, I do not recommend what this saint did. All I'm saying is he's a saint and I'm not. The saint of the day is Saint Theodore Tyro. He was a Roman martyr, and according to custom, he was a recruit in the Roman army at Pontus on the Black Sea. After refusing to participate in a pagan ceremony, he was brought before the tribunal of the legion and the governor of the region. He was free temporarily, which was a mistake on their part. He immediately went out and set fire to the temple of Sabel near Amasea in Pontus. For this crime, he was burned to death in a furnace. Uh, beyond this legend of his martyrdom, little is known about his death, and nevertheless, he was greatly venerated in the Eastern churches as one of the three soldier saints with George and Demetrius. He died in the 4th century. Saint Theodora Tyro, pray for us. Wow, making, uh, making statements before the saint of the day. It's a brave new world. <laughs> Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore... 
When he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Wow, praise, praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Chrysostom said, uh, This casting out was different from that which is there related in chapters 21, verse 12 of, I think, uh, John's Gospel. How could, or not John's Gospel, at any rate, how could the son, thank you, how could the son of the carpenter, it's Tuesday, I don't understand what's going on, we're breaking everything early in the week this week, he goes, he goes on to say, how could the son of the carpenter, Joseph, whose divinity was yet unknown to the people, succeed in expelling so great a multitude from the temple? There was undoubtedly something divine in his whole conduct and appearance which deterred all from making resistance. I think that's fascinating. Like, why didn't they stop him? There were more of them than him. And to, if his divinity was not yet revealed to them, then why would they tolerate this? That's a good question. The evangelist seems to insinuate this by putting these words, quote, the house of my father, unquote, into our Savior's mouth, which was making himself immediately the son of God. This made Origen consider this miracle in overcoming the unruly dispositions of so many as a superior manifestation of power to what he had shown in changing the nature of water at Cana. Something special, unique, and incredible must have taken place at that moment. For Jesus to be able to come into the temple area, uh, apparently on more than one occasion, and to turn over the tables, cast out the money changers, their oxen, the sheep, and all of it, and not be faced with armed resistance. I mean, the tent, this court was where the Gentiles were supposed to be praying. There was a wall that divided, as St. Paul refers to the dividing wall, between this court, the court of the Gentiles, and the court of the Jewish, of the Israelites. And there was a hole through that wall, and you could pass from one court to the next through that hole, that gateway, that sort of, uh, that, uh, that, uh, as I said, the hole through the wall. At any rate, above that hole was a sign that read, pass at your own risk, because Gentiles going in uh, through that hole into the other court would be killed. They would be stoned to death. So that court for the Gentiles was their spot for the Gentiles to come to the Father's house there in the city of Jerusalem and to pray and to be in communion with the body, with the, the ecclesia, the assembly, the body of the, the church that Christ founds, not just when he comes in flesh, but from the dawn of time. He intends to make all human beings a part of the one body. And yet it was in that court that you have the money changers, the marketplace, the noise, the disturbance, the chaos. Who can pray in that? Think about that when you're preparing for Holy Mass. Do you like it when there's all kinds of activity going on around you? How are you able to settle and to focus and to become at peace when there's so much chaos around you? Our Lord bravely and heroically and divinely cast them out. Let's ponder that today. What's coming? What's concerning us is coming up next. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. 
God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. Yet how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Lila Lawler is going to be our guest coming up at 35 past the hour. She has a three-volume set coming out November the 23rd called the Summa Domestica. And a three-part series, part one, family life, part two, education, part three, housekeeping. And we have a great conversation with her. We actually recorded this last week, and it, uh, it dealt in large part with the issues over feminism and how that has infected home life and the life in the church as well. And so that conversation is coming up at 35 past the hour with Lila Lawler. So stick around for that if you can. There are some stories, as I like to say, in the news that are concerning to me, of course. Praise be to God. We like to cover the concerning stories. Uh, Aladia has an article out by John Berger on what to expect at next week's Catholic bishops meeting. Now, I just want to say real quick, I will, as I said yesterday, I'm going to be going to the Men's March in Baltimore on the 15th. I'll be giving a little talk there, praise be to God. I'll stay over. We're going to do, I'm going to do uh, the live show from uh, from Baltimore on Monday and Tuesday. So I may stay over and uh, catch a little bit of the uh, the gathering outside the the bishops meeting there on uh, on Tuesday as well. So hopefully I can capture some some good content for you with that and share that with you uh, next week. We'll see how it goes. But I want to read to you a little bit of this story. Part of the reason why I want to read this article to you by John Berger from Aletia is because it quotes from this special report out of Pillar Catholic on who we are and what we believe. It's a brand new survey from the Pillar on kind of where we stand. And as I've been saying for a very long time now, if you look at the numbers, they don't look good. And they haven't looked good in 50 years or more. They really haven't. Everything is down. Everything is headed down, and they are not telling a good story. Well, the pillar has a brand new survey out. Let me read a little bit to the, to you on this. A survey after um, a survey after survey president, oh, good grief, um, a survey as survey I don't understand how I'm not, I'm not, my brain is just not working today. As survey after survey present bleak news for the state of Christianity in the United States, the Catholic bishops of America are set to take up discussion on the central aspect of the Catholic faith. The last time the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops met in June, 75% of its members voted to draft a document on Eucharistic coherence, the idea that those who receive the Eucharist should be in communion with church teaching. Now, that document is ready. Reportedly, 
And the USCCB will discuss and vote on it during its fall General Assembly in Baltimore next week because a text of the document dated September the 24th was leaked to several media outlets earlier this month. Many Catholics have already gotten an idea of what the bishops will be voting on. According to the leaked draft, the statement delves into the theology of the Eucharist and reaffirms traditional teaching on that anyone in the state of mortal sin may not receive communion. Surveys about the faith of Catholics and others in recent years seem to support the decision of Catholic bishops to launch efforts to revive the faith of their flocks. On Monday, the Catholic website known as The Pillar released findings reiterating that a growing number of Americans say they have no religious affiliation and that only 35% of Americans attend religious services on a weekly basis. Did you catch that? A growing number of Americans say they have no religious affiliation and that only 35% of Americans attend religious services on a weekly basis. Article goes on to say, quote, at 28% of Americans say they have a different religious identity than then the one in which they were raised, unquote, the pillar said. Recently, a survey, a survey by the Springtide Institute found that just 16% of young people, ages 13 to 25, identify as Catholic. 22% consider themselves just Christian, while 16% identify as Protestant. The categories atheist, agnostic, and nothing in particular received 8% each. The survey that really got the bishop's attention reportedly was a 2019 Pew study showing a drastic drop in Catholics' belief in transubstantiation, a central doctrine concerning the Holy Eucharist. Now, they're talking about a Eucharistic revival, but I want to skip down a little bit here to traditional Catholic teaching section. It goes on to say, As for the statement on Eucharistic coherence, part of it seems to address a concern that many Catholics have expressed, the proper response to political leaders who on the one hand, don't mind being lauded for their Catholic positions on some issues, such as care for the poor, but boldly take an opposing stand on other issues, notably abortion. But the statement does not specify any particular persons, such as President Joe Biden, America's second Catholic president or House of Rep, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, both of whom consistently fight to keep abortion legal and resist legislative efforts such as keeping tax revenues from going to pay for abortions. The statement explains that the laity, Catholics in communion with the church, have a part to play in public life. Quote, it is the role of the laity in particular to transform social relations in accord with the love of Christ, unquote, the draft document says. It goes on to quote the so-called uh, Aprosita document from the Fifth uh, General Conference of the Bishops of Latin America and the Caribbean. Quote, lay people, conscious of their call to holiness by virtue of their baptismal vocation, have to act as leaven in the dough to build up a temporal city in keeping with God's project. Consistency between faith and life in the political Economic and social realms requires formation of conscience, which translates into, into knowing the church's social doctrine. Lay people who exercise some form of public authority have a special responsibility to embody church teaching in the service of the common good, unquote. The document also restates something the U.S. Bishops' Conference declared back in 2006, quote, 
If a Catholic in his or her personal or professional life were knowingly and obstinately to reject the, de- the defined doctrines of the church or knowingly and obstinately to repudiate her definitive teaching on moral issues, however, he or she would seriously diminish his or her communion with the church. Reception of Holy Communion is such a situation would not Holy Communion in such a situation would not accord with the nature of the Eucharistic celebration so that he or she should refrain. And that was the bishop's statement back in 2006. The article goes on to say, quote, A person who receives Holy Communion while in a state of mortal sin not only does not receive the grace of the sacrament, he or she commits the sin of sacrilege by failing to show the reverence due to the sacred body and blood of Christ. Unquote. The current statement says it adds, quote, reception of Holy Communion in such a situation is also likely to cause scandal for others. Unquote. Now, there's not much of the article left here, but here's the points I want to make about this. We see, according to all of the research, all of the surveys, whether it's this one out of uh, the pillar, which you can go see and see it for yourself, uh, the declining numbers the Pew Research Study, or any, or just go to the organization that holds the statistics on behalf of the USCCB over on Georgetown's website, and they've been holding them now for a very long time. They go back 50 years. You can see in every circumstance, the numbers are going down, religious vocations down, baptisms down, sacramental marriages down. You want to know why? People aren't even getting married anymore. They're just simply cohabitating. They're ignoring what the church is teaching outright. They don't, it does not inform their life whatsoever. Well, golly gee whiz, Joe, you're just being judgmental. No, it's a sin. Sin separates us from God. People who die in a state of mortal sin go where? They go to hell. Do we want these people to go to hell? Of course not. Absolutely not. That would not be charitable. The most charitable thing we could do is strongly desire for people to die in a state of grace so that they can go to heaven for eternity. Right? Isn't that our goal? Isn't that our mission? Isn't that what Jesus said to do in Matthew 28? To go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything? Isn't that not what the mission is of the church? So if all the numbers are down, if everything is pointing in a negative direction, people are leaving the church, they're leaving faith itself. This is something I've been talking about a long time on Catholic Radio. Ten years ago, you might have heard a conversation on Catholic Radio that said, hey, why do you Catholics teach this, that, or the other thing? And show that to me in the Bible. Now, the vast majority of conversation on Catholic Radio is, why should I believe in God at all? Why should I believe in God at all? This is a slippery slope. Even the Protestants are feeling the pinch. They're not even calling themselves Protestants anymore. They're barely maintaining the title of Catholic or or of Christian. This is a, a crisis to which we need strong, heroic, and solid, confident leadership. Dear bishops, dear fathers, in your kindness... Please be heroic. Draw the line in the sand. Fall back no further than you have already fallen back, I beg of you. Decide from this point forward to die in the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To die in the service of the evangelization of souls before it is too late, not just for them, but for you. Because as yesterday's gospel pointed out, there are millstones being fashioned right now. 
You can hear the sound of the chiseling, and it is not far off. The opportunity, while we have breath in our lungs, to take a stand and to do something is now. And if we have loosey-goosey, you know, we can't hold people accountable, we can't call a spade a spade, we will never be able to impact society at the level that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the man who took the whip and cast out the money changers, that guy, he's asking us to do that now. And we are not. You want to know why? Because what do we do? We spend our time not addressing this existential crisis and holding uh, people accountable like these ardent public obstinate centers like Joe Biden, for instance, and Nancy Pelosi, just to use as an example. But instead, we what? Take away the traditional forms of piety and liturgy from thousands upon thousands of Catholics worldwide who begged the Holy Father for more of the Catholic faith, not less. So the segment of people who are leaving the church are not only still leaving the church, but the segment of the church that wants more and not less gets less as a result. Confusing and difficult days, to say the least. Confusing and difficult days. The church teaches what she teaches for a reason. It's not to be judgmental and harsh and to be, you know, uh, you know, bigoted or whatever else you want to put a label on it. It is because truth is a person. It is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one sees the Father but through him. And we must obey his wishes to go and to make disciples of all nations. And unless we make the decision that we are done playing the game according to the rules of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and decide to play the game according to that wish of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to proclaim boldly truth itself, we will never be able to stem the tide of secularism, atheism, agnosticism, and all the other ills of society. You're not going to vote the next administration into office and fix all our problems. What the world needs is the original evangelization mandate. That's what we need. We'll be right back. More breaking news and stories. And Lila Lawler's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Have a draft on. Be right back. Atheists sometimes attack religion by saying it's a crutch for the weak-minded. They'll say, religion is for those who can't think for themselves. Does this objection justify atheism? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, the objection is not an argument against theism. It's merely an assertion. Someone's use of religion as a crutch says nothing whether or not God exists. Second, what's wrong with using a crutch if one is deficient? If you break your leg, using a crutch is actually the smart thing to do. As fallen human beings, our intellects are weakened. Consequently, it's not unreasonable to acknowledge we need help from God in our journey back to Him. So, a believer's appeal to religion for direction in life is not a sign of intellectual weakness. It's actually the intelligent thing to do. That is, if the religion is true. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. Breitbart reports a bus has been hijacked and set on fire in Northern Ireland amid discontent over the trade deal struck as part of the UK's departure from the European Union. Epic Times reports truckers warn disastrous OSHA mandate will worsen supply chain chaos. Truckload Carriers Association issued a statement saying that it hoped that truckers would be exempt from the mandate because they spend most of their time in their vehicles all day and have little interaction with other people. Mark Allen, CEO of International Food Service Distributors Association, told the Washington Examiner that he was surprised there was no specific exemptions for truckers. Quote, if we lose even a fraction of our drivers, that's going to have a potential significant impact on our ability to service the customers, he said. Daily Wire reports Gavin Newsom's wife posts, then deletes tweets as Governor Uh, has not been seen in public for nearly two weeks now. California Governor Gavin Newsom has disappeared from public view for 10 days and abruptly canceled plans to attend the COP26 Climate Summit in Scotland over unexplained family obligations. Newsom was last seen in public on October the 27th, receiving a COVID-19 booster shot in Oakland. Newsom's spokeswoman, Erin Mellon, had previously written in a statement, quote, due to family obligations, Governor Newsom will no longer be traveling to the 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference and will instead be participating virtually, focusing on California's landmark climate change policies, unquote. However, rumors are flying around the Internet about this story, to which the governor's wife tweeted, quote, It's funny how certain folks can't handle the truth. When someone cancels something, maybe they're just in the office working. Maybe in their free time, they're at home with their family at their kids' sports matches or dining out with their wife. Please stop hating and get a life, unquote. CD Media states, sources have told Children's Health Defense that California Governor Gavin Newsom is injured by the COVID vaccine booster shot that he received last week of October. The source who asked not to be identified said Newsom's symptoms were similar to those with the uh, Giambre syndrome, a known side effect of many vaccines. However, ABC7 reported that the governor attended a wedding on Saturday of a longtime family friend and Getty Oil heiress. The report said that Pelosi even officiated. Human Events is reporting 27 states have filed lawsuits against the Biden administration over vaccine mandates so far. All but one of the states that filed the lawsuit, Iowa, have Republican attorneys general. Kansas, Kentucky, and Louisiana, however, are the only three that have Democrat governors. Fox Business reports U.S. inflation expectations surged to another record high. New York Fed survey shows America's inflation fears continued to accelerate in October, climbing for the 12th consecutive month in a row to a, another record high, according to a key Federal Reserve Bank of New York survey published on Monday. The median expectation is that the inflation rate will be up 5.4% one year from now, the highest level for the gauge since its launch in 2013. With consumers braced for the highest inflation levels in nearly a decade, they are also expecting the price of things like food, gasoline, rent, and college tuition to rise over the next year, 
The only things that Americans expect to get cheaper over the next year are home prices and medical care. We'll keep an eye on that. And those are your headline news for today. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Lila Lawler. She is the wife of one mother of seven and grandmother of 16 and counting. Praise be to God. She lives in central Massachusetts. Her husband is a noted author, author, uh, Philip Lawler, whom we've had on this program before. I'm a big fan of his, by the way. And Lila has a brand new three-volume set out called the Summa Domestica, and we're going to be chatting about uh, feminism, modernity, and so much more. Good morning to you, Lila. Good morning. Praise be to God. Tell us about your work. Oh, well, hmm. (laughs) I started blogging about, um, I think it's getting to be 12 or 13 years ago, and um, kind of as a little almost uh, a private chat between me and my daughters, and then it uh, little by little got to be known um, as just something that did strike a chord, especially with moms who are homeschooling. So I, and I started because I found that I was often answering the question of, I would like to homeschool. How do I go about doing it? Hmm. And honestly, um, that is a question that takes me a long time to answer. So I thought, (laughs) how about I just go ahead and pop my thoughts in a form that I can direct people to. And I try to do it little by little, not dump it all into one, um, you know, that one blog post with the 14 things you need to know about homeschooling, (laughs) not that do it that way, which I find overwhelming. And I thought would be overwhelming to somebody who started out, Mm -hmm. but instead gradually just um, showing people, what it is that I wanted to convey and to do it in a way that was appealing. I, I always like to have pictures on my post. I like to share um, little corners of my home, but in a peaceful, calm way. And, um, you know, to show the weeds along with the flowers and to help people to understand that um, the the way to go forward is not to seek perfection, but to just try to be competent in certain things that have to do with homemaking. And then educating your children flows naturally from that. So that's basically how I got started with the blog, and it kind of all snowballed from there. You know, um, something we talk a lot about on our program is the domestic church and the need to uh, stem the tide against the the insanity that has become our culture. And and every day seems like there's new revelations of the insanity getting worse. And yet the the attack on the family is is picking up pace. Right. Uh, homeschooling, I think, is a great tool to in the, in the tool bag to help prevent uh, the destruction of the family or the attacks on the family. I myself have been homeschooling with along with my wife and our our children for many, many years. Praise be to Jesus. Um, but I think too many Catholic families have, without even knowing, without thinking about it too much, and maybe you wouldn't even admit it, but it's seemingly they embrace more of the secular worldview than they do of their own Catholic worldview. Do you see that? Um, yeah. You mean in homeschooling? In life in general. Oh, in life in general. Yes. The world is, is very much with us, and it's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge to 
to keep the priorities straight. And for me, everything has to do with order and hierarchy. Unfortunately, um, the problem that we have is that the church itself has become very worldly. And so people are, um, people just don't have the, yeah, they just don't understand that things have an order to them and that, you know, the domestic church is connected to the, the church and as a whole, and that this is all done on it, it all happens in a very um, hidden way. Mm. And it's not something that you can really funnel into some sort of program or system mm. other, you know, that, that you can externalize other than what we have been given, which is actually very simple um, and not it's, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel like you could say in a way, the danger, you know, the quote from scripture is that the love of money is the root of all evil. But I think if I can be permitted to tweak that a little, I kind of feel like what the real challenge that we're facing right now is that the love of monetization mm. is the is the root of all evil. And um, the temptation in the church is to monetize religion. And the temptation in the family is to monetize family life. And um Somehow, you know, the mother is really at the heart of the resistance to this because the mother, if her role is properly understood, it, what she does is the opposite of monetization. She doesn't have any um, dollar signs put on what she does. Yeah. And, and that is essential. That's what Our Lady really stands for. And for women to pursue what Our Lady um, did in in her life is would really help to to rectify a lot of these problems that we have so yes it's true that you know secularization worldliness this has all crept in and i think that the past 18 months have really challenged us to kind of be stripped of all that this is this is really a um a time of 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 purgation of um I would go so far as to say chastisement to return to what the true goals are. And when you start with, um, you start with the fundamental idea of marriage, marriage as a sacrament, you have a family and the, the true goals or ends of marriage are to bring children into the world and to educate them. Mm. And this is not a matter of, of any kind of, um, you know, complex technological effort, this is given to us in the way we are made. So it's something that's accessible. It's not an ideal. It is accessible. It can be done. And um, that's what kind of what I'm trying to show and in my own way, which is not necessarily, you know, the best way, but I feel like sometimes <laughs> I'm the only one. Well, you got three, you got a three volume set out, so you got something to say, that's for sure. Lila, I Lawler. mean, I definitely have something to say, no question. <laughs> Lila Lawler is our guest. Lila Lawler is our guest. Her book is The Summa Domestica, a three volume set, actually. You can find it linked up at Sophia Institute Press, by the way. Let's talk about uh, feminism, though. We live in a day and a time where many, even in the in the church. Uh, we're again going back to our. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Mm-hmm. 
Have you ever heard someone say, What's wrong for you may be right for someone else. And besides, what's right and wrong changes like everything else. You can't fight these things. You have to just go with the flow. G.K. Chesterton says, Right is right, even if nobody does it. And wrong is wrong, even if everybody is wrong about it. Right and wrong are not based on fashion and personal preferences, and not on the calendar. They're based on the laws of God, on eternal truth that does not change. And as for going with the flow, G.K. Chesterton says, A dead thing goes with the stream. Only a living thing can go against it. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. As our guest, her book is the Summa Domestica, a three-volume set, actually. You can find it linked up at Sophia Institute Press, by the way. Uh, let's talk about uh, feminism, though. We live in a day and a time where many, even in the, in the church, uh, we're, again, going back to what I said a minute ago about bracing sort of the secular worldview, um, they look at the, the, the wife's, the mother's role is not to be the one that stays home and cares for the kids or helps to educate the children, but they're in the workplace, they're out in society, they're competing with men on, uh, on the, uh, the, same, uh, from the same aspect of what men's vocations and, and calling are. How do you see that? Um, well, you know, it's funny because I would say that when I first started writing, um, I definitely am of the belief that feminism is a scourge and is something that is to be totally rejected, um, mainly because as Pius XI um, says in Casti Canubi, his encyclical Casti Canubi, the woman loses by pursuing equality. She is actually, um, her, her position is actually higher than that of man. And um, she has what he calls a truly regal throne in her position, as I said about um, referencing the idea of monetization in her, in her, uh, in her, role as rising above that as representing something that cannot bear a dollar sign she is actually higher so when she pursues equality she actually loses something so i have been speaking about this to and people are shocked and well i would say (laughs) 12 years ago you know i'd go on twitter and i'd say this and and truly there would be like a response that was simply sputtering the nobody had ever heard i would have people say to me but 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 and basically in the end all they could really say was the vote and i'm kind of like well you know great tell me please demonstrate to me one thing you think that women receiving the vote has resulted in an improvement just I'm I'm listening. Let's hear it. Um, there is something, and you know, women 
Originally, uh, the majority of women, when the um, women's suffrage was proposed, the great majority of women were against it. And that is because women intuitively understand that when the woman's role becomes politicized, which is what the vote is, something is lost because mm. women represent something that is above politics. Politics is not the be-all and the end-all. And the fact that we think it's the be-all and the end-all is a testimony to me of how life has become degraded. So anyway, all of which to say is that now, fast forward to now, um, where I have really been saying this for years now, little by little, just throwing out you know, my shocker, like, no, I actually don't think you can redeem feminism. And why would you want to? I think um, I see now more and more people saying this. Yeah, like, maybe feminism actually is a problem. Oh, yeah, you think you think that the mountains of dead bodies of unborn children that mm. we that surround us, you know, in our consciences, that that those don't matter that somehow we can redeem that why why would we want to it's it's a failed ideology and it is an ideology based in the marxist idea of political equality which is which is corrosive that it, it it harms everything it touches and there's no redeeming it you know people there are a lot of people out there who want to talk about christian feminism and to me that's an utter contradiction in terms it's a contradiction as saying um christian communist or christian mm -hmm. christian national socialist why would you even want to go there in any ideology that is based on well ideology in itself is corrosive and being based in equality this is a completely unchristian idea yeah lila speaking about home and woman um my uh i'm a young millennial uh uh, married, uh, young, married, newly married within the last two years. My husband and I, um, you know, we, uh, we uh, we we talk about the uh, the role of the domestic church in, within the church, and I have a lot of girlfriends who are newly married and don't have kids yet, um, and we talk about how the value of uh, stay-at-home moms is just as similar as stay-at-home wives. Can you talk about um, the need for um, you know a newly married woman perhaps wanting to stay home, wanting to be a homemaker? Is is there a value? Because you know I think a lot of millennial women we we've been drilled. I mean I personally have been drilled my whole life. You know get a job, get a career, get a degree. And it's been drilled in me since I was a child. And it's just because I've been grown up in this society. How how do you respond to women who perhaps feel like they want to become um, housewives, but um, society does looks down upon that? Unless you have a child, you're selfish for being home or um, is there value in those two roles? And how, how well, do you explain uh, a couple of things? One is that you're selfish for wanting to be at home. Even if you had seven children, you'd still be called selfish because you should be out there doing something. I don't know what it is that they think <laughs> you're going to be doing. And just so you know, I was raised with the idea that I would go to work. I would get go to graduate school. I would get all my degrees. I would take my place. I mean, this has been going on for a long time in you know, and by the way, it is not just um, American. I mean, my father was uh, a Muslim. He was Egyptian. He was an immigrant here. He was a university professor. 
And his attitude towards me was, you are going to get an education. You are going to get your PhD. The best thing you could do is to be an academic. That is my hope and dream for you. Don't settle. Don't, you you know, women should work. Um, in other words, take your place among the elites. That is what, that was the message that I got from him. Mm. And um, so, you know, and as I said, in the 70s, this, this was the rage. I mean, I had my pick of colleges to go to because the push was on for women to go and and achieve. So, I mean, I can tell you then in 1980, in 1981, when I would go to the playground with my little, my little one-year-old, um, there were just nannies there. The, everything was empty. You know, I lived in Washington, D.C. And um, yeah, there was all the, all the women who maybe would have been my friends were working. And so I'd go to the playground and talk to the nannies. But um, yes, so just to just to put that out there that we are not, you know, five years into this project, we are more than half a century into this project. So this is a this is something that is going to take a lot of grappling with the value of a woman and I don't call the woman a stay at home mom. I really prefer the um, super and PC term housewife. Um, she is making her home and you make your home whether you have started having children or not. And even maybe I have here from many readers uh, who, you know, didn't, weren't able to have any children, but they still are home because mm. they see the value of what the home offers. And the, the main thing is to somehow, you know, Pope Francis is always talking about changing the paradigm, change the paradigm. Instead of seeing everything out there in that men's world as being the thing that is of the highest value, see what is lost and what is actually of the highest value when the home is abandoned. And what is the man working for? He's working so that he can come home. He can have a place where people are not judging him, where he is not striving constantly, where where somehow he can um, simply be himself and be the Lord of his manner. You know, that's everyone's deepest desire is just to be home where, um, where, as John Paul II said, you know, every person is valued for who he is. And th this is so, of such a value that, and there's so much that goes into it. There's so much hard work and thought that goes into making a home that women who did not do it find suddenly, and let's say should a pandemic hit and everybody would be locked down <laughs> and suddenly they would realize they need to, they are, whether they want to or not, they are home with their yeah. children. Um, suddenly they realize they don't have the skills and, and then they're scrambling, they're scrambling to get them. Yeah. And that's where I come in because I try to <laughs> tell you exactly what your skills need to be. But but what is so interesting is they realize, oh, 
not only are there skills I need, but this is so valuable. This is of the utmost value. In fact, I think that when we look around and we see, gee, there just aren't workers, there just aren't people to provide me my services. I think what we're seeing is that women have realized I actually need to be home and they've disappeared from the workplace. And that is a good thing. Yeah. Um, everything, if let, if we allow it to, things will readjust. Um, but for sure, for the woman to say, you know what? The other thing I want to say about it is that it's of, it's of great value for her husband to know that he's the provider. Men by nature are, are built to provide and protect. And the woman, they both make a vow to be true to each other in, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. And it is okay not to have a ton of money <laughs> to live on one income and for the man to be the one, you know, speaking as a matter of like how we would approach this, not discussing the uh, exceptions right now, but just to say the natural normal thing is for the man to want to provide and protect. Amen. And this means that when the woman is home making the valuable incredibly unique and important environment of the home that she is helping the man to to be who he is all right praise be to god we're gonna have to leave it there lila lawler with her three volume set on summa domestica published by sophie institute press you can check it out on their website get it comes out november 23rd but that's gonna do it for our number one at catholic drive time i think we'll share the entire interview because she actually said more with our cdt insider email list so make sure you're on the email list this week and you can get that copy in your inbox just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll see you in the next hour for those of you that can join us. The game show and so much more is coming up. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Protestants not believe John 6 when it says that Jesus' flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink? I don't know. In Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, Jesus says of the bread, this is my body. He says of the wine, this is my blood. Not this is symbolic of or this represents. He says this is. In John 6, he repeats himself like he does nowhere else in Scripture to emphasize the fact that he expects us to eat his flesh and drink his blood and that his flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink. Anyone who says he is speaking symbolically and not literally simply is refusing to look at all the facts. Fact number one, the Jews took him literally. We see that in verse 52. Fact number two, his disciples took him literally. We see that in verse 60. Fact number three, the apostles took him literally. Verses 67 to 69. If everyone who heard him speak at the time took him literally, then my question is, why does anyone today, 2,000 years after the fact, take him symbolically? Also, in verse 51 of John 6, Jesus says that the bread which he will give for the life of the world is his flesh. When did he give his flesh for the life of the world? On the cross. Was that symbolic? 
If you think Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you must also conclude that Jesus' death on the cross was only symbolic. It wasn't really Jesus hanging up there. It was symbolic flesh and symbolic blood. Jesus is clearly talking about the flesh that he gave for the life of the world. He did that on the cross. Those who believe he is talking symbolically here in John 6 have a real problem when it comes to John 6, verse 51. Did Jesus give us his real flesh and blood for the life of the world? Or was it only his symbolic flesh and blood? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It's Tuesday. And uh, that uh, brain frog thing is coming back in a vengeance today. I'm not sure what what is going down with my mind today, but I think it needs a nap. Uh, no, but the good news is this is going to be a fun hour, all upbeat this hour. I've got a good piece of news to share with you. Praise be to Jesus. That's coming up. We carry the like the more hard hitting, difficult stories in the first hour. And then in the second hour, we like to have something a bit more inspirational. So that's coming up here in just a moment. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Hopefully we'll get a little bit of reflection in there as well, as well as play our game Fear and Trembling. And your opportunity to win prizes is coming up super fast. If you'd like to get a jump on that, just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Click on the Fear and Trembling link and you will find the rules and the phone number. You could call in early. It's it's possible. It's possible. We just wrapped up a conversation with Lila Lawler about her coming out uh, three-volume set, The Summa Domestica, which is going to be released on the 23rd of November by Sophia Institute Press. We talked a lot about... Uh, feminism, and as well as building a home. She, this this three-volume set looks pretty amazing. So you can find the entire interview. We only played a portion of it today. You can find the entire interview in the CDT Insider email list, which I send to once a week. And this Thursday, I'll be sending the entire uh, conversation with Lila. So look forward to that. Speaking of conversations of consequence, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. It's good to be here. Praise is, be to God. Is it? Is it it is. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. In spite of it all. Oh, it's, I think today is going to be a good day. I, I <laughs> can it? feel it. I can feel it being a good day, and I'm excited. You know, would it be weird to just like to buy that book for a potential spouse? I'm just asking. Just ask for a friend. For a friend. I'm just you wondering. Mean for somebody who's like, you know, contemplating marriage? Oh, uh, yeah. Like totally. in advance, like, hey. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, by the way. In our discernment process. I, 
I'm just saying you might want to read this book. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would be fun. Would I plan on getting this for my wife for Christmas? What are you talking about? Don't tell her I see, said that. That's that's yeah, keep this just between us. See, that's way more normal. That's way more. Normal. Is it? Uh, totally, 100. percent I've been married 21 years. I'm not sure she would think that was normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm not saying anything about your uh, about anything or out at all at all. Yeah. But you know, I'm just saying, yeah, like, I'm here's saying. a good book. You might want to be reading it. Oh, there's three good books. <laughs> fun. Yeah, somebody my my mom got me a, a book on uh, on uh, marriage for Christmas like a, a year or two ago, and I was really? like, "Mom, are you trying to tell me something?" Yeah, I think she is. Can I, can I I'm surprised she's not already arranged your marriage. Uh, she's attempted it seven times. Seven times. Okay, I might be exaggerating <laughs> a lot. Praise be to God. I should call her. We should maybe do that live on the radio. Yikes! You probably know? not. Like have a big reveal. That totally. Kind of be, totally. It'd be fun for Maybe us. Maybe pass. <laughs> be awkward for you, but fun for us. At any rate, I, we kid, we kid. Praise be to God. We are going to have a great hour this hour, so uh, do encourage you to tune in for as much as you can. If you could, what would be awesome is maybe tuning in for the after show. For those of you that are able to join us on the live video feed, we stay on Odyssey, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We're also live streaming right to our own webpage at uh, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, where you can find the podcast of our program as well, as many other things there. And you can hang out with us, and you get to comment. You get to drive the conversation. Whatever you would like to talk about is what we talk about. And if you fail to comment, then we simply talk about movies and food. That's the rules, and uh, we just live by them. But either way, it's fun to hang out with our CDT insiders. And today, one of our CD insiders has asked for prayers, in particular, for very special intention. They're they're in the hospital at this moment, and we are going to be praying for for them and for their family. The Burrier family, celebrate Jeff Burrier's family, is celebrating his birthday today. So happy birthday to you, Jeff. Praise be to God. We love hanging out with our CDT insiders in the after show. So please consider joining us. We would love to have you. All right, let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world, for a fidelity of Holy Mother Church, especially in the hierarchy, to her mission to save souls, to convert the planet. And then, of course, for your intentions, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, your mind, let's pray for that as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news story for today. Praise be to God from LifeNews.com. Catholic bishop baptizes 14 babies saved from abortion. That's a good story. September brought monumentous joy for a Catholic diocese in Spain when 14 children were baptized after being saved from abortion. Aletia reports pro-lifers with the John Paul II Rescuers Association were involved in helping all 14 mothers and babies. The association celebrated with Bishop Juan Antonio of the Diocese of Alacara de Henares when the children were baptized on September the 25th, according to the report. Quote, it could have been many more, but the pandemic is still with us. Unquote. Pro-life advocate Marta Velarde said on the association's blog. The Pro-Life Catholic Association provides encouragement and support to pregnant moms in difficult circumstances. They offer hope and assistance so women know that they do not have to abort their unborn babies. 
One of the women, Anna, and her daughter, baptized after pro-lifers helped her decide not to have a late-term abortion, said, quote, she had decided to abort her fifth daughter when she was five months pregnant, but she also changed her mind thanks to the support she received from the rescuers, unquote. Velarde said. However, the many problems of everyday life were hard for her to handle, and it was several years before she decided to baptize her daughter. Another one of the 14, a baby girl, was conceived during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, and her mother faced a lot of pressure to have an abortion, Velarde said. But when she called the association by mistake one day, that's super cool, by mistake, she called this association. The woman found the support that she so desperately needed. Quote, after hours of conversation, she decided to meet a member of the association in person. When they started to talk in person, she began to cry, recognizing how much the thought of abortion took away her peace. On the night of her little girl's baptism, she kept reaffirming how happy she was that she had chosen life, unquote. A third child who was baptized in September, Pablo Santiago, was named after the man who helped to save his life. Pablo's mom, Mariana, met the man, a member of the association, just 10 minutes before she was scheduled to have an abortion. After a conversation with him, she decided to not go ahead with the procedure. For Mariana, the pro-lifers were her and her unborn baby's only support. Velarde said Mariana's partner abandoned her and her sister refused to help her. She was unemployed as well, and her pregnancy was a difficult one, yet she chose life, Velarde said. All across the world, pro-life advocates provide compassion and support to pregnant mothers in need. They encourage and walk alongside families through difficulties and help mothers and fathers recognize that their unborn babies are valuable human beings who deserve to live. Yay and amen. Good news indeed for your day. The saint of the day, I have to, uh, of course, say I do not necessarily approve of what this saint did, but he is a saint and I'm not. So I'm just saying. Saint Theodore Tyro is our saint of the day. He was a Roman martyr, according to the according to tradition. He was a recruit in the Roman army on Pontius on the Black Sea. After refusing to participate in a pagan ceremony, he was brought before the tribunal of the legion and the governor of the region. He was free temporarily, which I have to say might have been a mistake on their part. He immediately went out and set fire to the temple of Sabel near Amasea in Pontus. For this crime, he was burned to death in a furnace. Beyond the legend of his martyrdom, little is known with certainty about his life. Nevertheless, he was greatly venerated in the Eastern Church as one of the three soldier saints with George and Demetrius. He died in the 4th century. St. Theodore Tyro, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords, and he drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal, for your house will consume me. And this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, 
Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up, the Jews said. This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking allegorically, as quoted in the Ignatius Catholic Commentary today, Origen says the sanctuary is the undisciplined soul, filled not with animals and merchants, but with earthly and senseless attachments. Christ must expel them with the whip of his divine doctrine to make spiritual worship possible. Ooh, that's, that's kind of a burner there. Let that sink in. What attachments, what earthly attachments are you and I holding on to that does not make way for the Holy Ghost and for the life of Christ himself to be present within us, we should expel them before he has to. Amen. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so this is really cool. So one thing I want to point out initially is the fact that uh, Cornelius Alapide makes the point to say that the driving out of the temple happened multiple times. That scripture only records two times, but it happens multiple times because in Matthew, it occurs the very shortly before Christ's passion. Uh, but in John, it happens right before the beginning of his ministry. So you actually see a bookend from the beginning of his ministry to the end of the ministry. He drives out the money changers at the temple. It also shows that every that Christ may drive out wicked people and drive out uh, your, these evil things. And it's going to return. It's going to keep coming back. And so our Lord is going to be keep driving them out. And so that's why it's one thing that I would like to note because people would say, you know, people use the example of Jesus driving out the temple, the, uh, the money changers out of the temple too often. They just, you know, use that as an excuse all the time. But they also forget to note that Christ did it multiple times. He didn't do it just one time in his life. He did this over and over again. And it's likely that he did it more than two times that scripture just records twice. You also have to note, that he fashions a whip with his own hands. Like this is premeditated. He's not just bursting with anger and running over there and freaking out. No, our Lord saw what was happening and he devised a plan of what to do next. So he sat down and he fashioned a whip and then drove them out. Like this is amazing. And people will say, Oh, if imagine today, if someone did that, they would say, wow, that's not very Christ-like. Oh, that's kind of awkward, isn't it? Uh, so what else? Who is eaten up with zeal for the house of God? Uh, Cornus Lapre, in response to this, says, He who strives to amend everything which he sees amiss, he does not rest if he cannot rectify it. He groans and says within himself, My zeal has caused me to consume away because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Uh, this is amazing. Why is this amazing? Because he's showing that we should have such love for God, such love, not even for God himself, but just for his house. And then no Cornelius Lapide will later on say this as analogy toward the temple of God, which is the body of Christ. And so infinitely more that the house of God, that was a physical house built in Jerusalem, how the zeal for the house of God that our Lord had, how much more should we have this zeal for the body of Christ? Whenever, if our Lord saw somebody disrespecting the temple of God, it's just a building. It's just a building. It's not actually the body of Christ. If we, he saw people disrespecting and dishonoring the temple of God and he 
got angry and drove those people out. How should we react when people desecrate the body of Christ, when people do not give the proper reverence to the body of Christ, when people come in to the house of God without the proper reverence and disposition? What should our disposition be? And I think I'll leave it at that. All right. Praise be to God. Guess what? Today we have a we have a mystery contestant, not a contestant, but a mystery player for our game. Uh, somebody who was a part of, I think, show number one, as a matter of fact. Somebody who goes way back, and they're back today to help us play our game, Fear and Trembling, which means the phone lines are open and available to you. You can be our contestant and possibly win the prizes this week. All you have to do is make a phone call. Pick up that phone and dial 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. I'll tell you who our player is on the other side of the break, but the phone lines are open waiting for your call at 877-757-9424. 9424-877-757-9424. Fear and Tripling is up next. We'll be right back. Call now. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open. If you've never played our game before, this is a great opportunity. Because if you literally called right this instant, you'd be our first caller and you get to be the contestant. 877-757-9424. If you haven't 
played in a while, well, now's your chance. You can call back at 877-757-9424. Now, praise be to God, there are a few secret and hidden agenda items that I like to not tell anybody about. So as long as you keep this between us, I will share with you my hidden secrets. Number one, we like to teach the faith. We find teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something you didn't know. That's kind of a cool deal. And number two, we like to have fun, and our callers tend to be a lot of uh, fun. They tend to laugh with us and be good sports, and we really enjoy that part. And then number three, we give out prizes, which means everybody's a winner in the end. Praise be to Jesus. But the deal is, if you're just joining us, I have three Catholic trivia questions, which our callers don't need to know. They don't even need to know a single correct answer and still win the prize because I don't ask them. Today, I will be asking uh, a mystery player and Adrian and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize, which we will be giving out on Friday. Now, this week's player, which goes all the way back to show number one of Catholic Drive Time over a year ago now, is Claire. Good morning to you, Claire. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God, Claire. Now, if I remember correctly... On show one, you were the contestant. I believe so. So yes. you played the game, and I won. And yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were the early days. And <laughs> it was. It was also. I think it was also before we were even on the radio. We. It was like yeah, our test run exactly. on, uh, online only. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Claire. Now, Claire, yeah. what, tell us what you do real quick. Um, I'm a youth minister, um, and then I also on the side do some YouTube stuff praise mm-hmm. we got what's your youtube channel uh the catholic rose nice mm-hmm. the catholic yes. rose yeah. please check that out and share that with a friend today it's my little sister's uh, favorite youtube channel actually Aww. awesome <laughs> praise be to jesus can i also really quickly thank our, our sponsor this week house of joppa they have generously given us a, a big beautiful san damiano crucifix to give away as our prize this week you can find them online at houseofjoppa.com you can also find them on etsy as well uh, it's like a 54 dollars value gift that we're giving out on friday Friday, so praise be to Jesus for that. Houseofjoppa.com. Let's go to the phones. Good morning Hi, to you, Monica. Hi, good morning. Praise be to God, Monica. How you doing? We're doing great. We're on our way to school. Congratulations. Uh, it's a great day to go to school today. It's a beautiful weather out there. <laughs> what, uh, it h- is. How many kids and then how old? Two, uh, it's, he just turned seven yesterday, and we have an eight-year-old. Happy birthday! Praise be to God. Seven is an incredible number, by the way. It's the number of perfection in sacred scripture. It's also one more than six. And it's and it's one less than eight. Yeah, um, praise be to God. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Hopefully I, my kids know that by now. <laughs> now, are we doing anything special for seven uh, birthday? Or like uh, skydiving, scuba diving, climbing mountains? What are we doing on our seventh birthday? Well, he had a party. We rented a bouncy house, and we had some knocked teeth out, but the, it was lots of boys. Yes, <laughs> some knocked teeth out. Ouch. That is way more exciting than shark diving. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're losing teeth, then that's a great birthday. Sounds, like a, good, yeah, sounds like a good party to me. Definitely <laughs> a memorable one, yes. <laughs> Mom is like, I'm stressed just thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Well, Monica, okay. praise be to God. Uh, we're very glad you guys are on the show today. And uh, it's my job as your advocate to get you in the cup mm-hmm. as many times as possible. But I'm going to warn you, uh, Claire... She looks innocent, but she's tricky. Okay, so we got to be careful about that. And then, of course, we all know how tricky Adrian is. So Not tricky at all. Let's see if I can't guide you through this chaos. Here we go. Question number one. Claire, we will start with you. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm positive. 
Are you sure? Very positive. Claire, can you tell me, who is the high priest that sent Jesus to Pilate for official condemnation to death? Easy. Easy. Caiaphas. Caiaphas. Hmm. I seem to have heard that before. Seems reasonable to me. But uh, let's just let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, who is the high priest that sent Jesus to Pilate for official condemnation to death? Uh huh. <clears throat> yes, that would be Israel Zoli. Israel Zoli. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. That sounds like official. It's it's very official. Named after the country itself. Mm, well, not the country, but the person. But okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Israel Zoli. All right. Wow. All right. So uh, Monica and crew, here's the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think it was Israel Zoli who was the high priest who sent Jesus to Pilate, whereas Claire says it was Caiaphas. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Monica, what say you? Claire! Very confident. Claire is right. We said Caiaphas, yes. You say Caiaphas. Survey says... Of course. Nailed it. Duh. Easy, easy, easy. Israel easy. solely was the uh, was the rabbi, chief rabbi of, of, of Rome, Rome and who converted. converted and took the name of the Pope as a part of... Eugenio. Yeah, Eugenio as a part of his uh, saying thank you to the church for saving so many Jews during the war. But Pope Pius Twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So congratulations, Monica. You did great. Praise be to God. You guys are in there. You didn't fall for that uh, little tricky question there. All right, question number two. We will go to Adrian this time. Oh, yikes. Adrian, can you tell me, why should Catholics be confirmed? Why should Catholics be confirmed? Uh, well, Catholics should be confirmed because their parents told them to. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I've, I've heard, I've heard a number you of people tell me that exact me. thing. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sounds reasonable to me. I don't know. It makes but sense. I tell you what, uh, Claire is a youth minister, so I maybe, am, maybe yes. we ought to ask. Claire. She's probably dealt with this before. Claire, uh, why should Catholics be confirmed? To strengthen their faith against the dangers of salvation and to be better prepared. To defend their Catholic faith. I don't know. Uh, it seems like she made oh, that yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got to be strong. Uh, <laughs> I think it's because mom and dad said so, personally. Uh, okay. 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 Mm. All right. All right. Monica and crew, here's the deal. Okay. Claire seems to think it's to strengthen the faith of, of the Catholic, to prepare them against the dangers that face salvation, and to uh, defend the Catholic faith in the world. Whereas Adrian says, because mom and dad said so. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Monica, what say you? We think it's Claire. Didn't you say that before? <laughs> I've seen a pattern here. I'm, seeing, I'm noticing a pattern. <laughs> but you got it. Nonetheless, you did get it. You did get it. Yeah. You're very smart boys in the car. <laughs> that doesn't mean, therefore, you don't listen to mom and dad, though. Of course you must obey your parents. That is a, uh, that is a commandment, by the way. You must obey your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Joe said so. <laughs> <laughs> Joe said so. <laughs> Praise be to God. All right, uh, you guys are in for two. How do you feel so far? We feel great. We're thankful we got on. We love the show. <laughs> Praise be to Jesus. I'm so glad you're feeling good because this next question, honestly, is the hardest of all. Okay, so Impossible. I wanted you to feel good before we depressed you. Uh, but here we go. Here we go. Uh-oh. I don't want you, you know, uh, anyway, here we go. We're going to go back to Claire. Claire, can you tell me? Ugh, I hate to even ask. What what sin is the opposite of presumption? The opposite of presumption? Yeah. Pride. 
Is it? Pride? Oh, wow. Hmm. My wife uh, says I commit that sin all the time. At oh. least that's what she tells the priest. Nice. But, uh, and everyone else. <laughs> let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, what sin is the opposite of presumption? Well, if presumption is the uh, presuming that you're going to be saved, then the opposite of that would be despair that there's no way you're going to be saved. So I'm going to say oh, wow. despair. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So here's the trickiness, uh, Monica and crew. Adrian seems to think presumption refers to going to heaven, so the opposite would be despair. You're not going to go to heaven. Versus uh, Claire seems to think that the opposite of presumption would be the sin of pride. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Monica and crew, what say you? I think it's despair because it seems like presumption is a little prideful. Hmm. So... Got it. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Oh, well, praise be to God. You guys did a perfect game today. That is fantastic. How do you guys guys feel about that? Awesome. Good. Yay and amen. Praise be to God. Okay, pop quiz. What is your favorite subject in school? Hey, Ooh, math. Wow. Smarter than me. I do Tell not you share your worldview, okay? Matt, <laughs> uh, my, my, kids, uh, my kids loathe math. They get that from their father. Mine was theology. Was it? Mm-hmm. You learned theology in school? Yep. In high school or yep. grade school? Uh, middle school and high school. Middle school and high school. Wow. wow. Amazing. Oh, good for you. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, uh, they go to Catholic school, so hopefully they can get some of that in middle school. Yeah, there you go. Amen. Praise be to God. <laughs> Let's pray for that. Well, congratulations, guys. It may be God's will that your name will be pulled out of the coffee cup of divine providence on Friday. You'll have to tune in for that. But we're going to wish you a happy day, a beautiful day at your school. And Monica, whatever is on your calendar while they're at school, we're going to be praying for you, too, of course, and for broken teeth to be repaired well. God love you all. <laughs> Thank you for playing and having such a good time with us. And we're going we're gonna to put you on hold, but have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. Claire, thank you for having fun with us. We'll try that again. <laughs> thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me. All right. Praise be to God. Claire, you're welcome to hang out for the after awesome. show. We'll get to know Claire a little bit and hang out with you, dear audience, on the after show with whatever you want to discuss. Just be on the live video feed, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, odyssey.com, or on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt if you can hang out with us there we would love to chat with you tomorrow on the program we're talking to rosario riley about aquinas classical education and the vax mandates all that coming up tomorrow god love you thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you praise be to god welcome to the after show of catholic drive time where we tend to get a lot more casual about our conversation and we talk to you about whatever it is that is on your heart you get to drive that conversation in the after show. All you need to do, really, is to uh, comment. Your comments drive our conversation, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you've never commented before, let me be an encourager to you to comment for the first time ever, and we will lavish extra love upon you for doing that. 
But uh, Claire is still hanging out with us today. I Praise am, be to yes. God. Now, Claire, what time do you normally get out of bed? Ooh, um, it was five thirty, but recently it's been six o'clock. Why so late? Like, I know. I mean, half minister. the day is gone <laughs> at six o'clock. I know you guys are up at three or four or something, right? Yeah, early, very early. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the life, crazy. the life of a youth minister. Why, yes. why don't you give us a day in the life? What does that look like? Uh, every day is different, but because my kids like to stay up late, uh, I stay up late too on some occasions. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Wednesdays we have youth night um, from six thirty until eight, but they like to stay up after, so that usually ends around nine. So I usually get home around nine thirty. Do night prayer, 10, 11. I usually get to bed by 10, 10.30. Wow. I, yeah. I have mm-hmm. to say, Claire's probably the holiest person I know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe second holiest person I know. There you go. Yeah, okay, so that leaves what, me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> I've talked to your kids and your wife before. <laughs> yeah, you name it. Yeah, you name it. Well, praise be to God. Well, we're glad you're here. Thanks for getting out of bed early today. Grateful uh, to be here. It's, uh, it's always a lot of fun to have fun with our with our. Callers. Did she talk about her hour. YouTube channel yet? No. I tell haven't. us, tell us no, the YouTube yeah. channel. So my boss is Gabriel Castillo. He I does. I'm so um, sorry. He, <laughs> <laughs> he's wonderful. Yeah. Uh-huh. He does, uh, does. Gabby he, after does hours. Does he force you to say that about him? Say no. Is that on a contract someplace? <laughs> I get, I'm bigger he, than him. He if would, you need no. me to, I will threaten him. <laughs> he's okay. wonderful. He's great. <laughs> yeah, we used to. He's we all handful. we all joke. Uh, we because you know the poor Claire is a Franciscan's, and we never. That's his favorite phrase for me. Exactly. Exactly. So we we tell Claire because of how. Gabriel treats yeah. her. Poor well, Claire, blessing poor now is actually have a volunteer <laughs> Ben, who's my little secondhand man. So he runs oh, around and helps guy. me out. Yeah, so it's good. Um, but yeah, so we uh, through this last summer, I started my own YouTube channel called The Catholic Rose. That's awesome. Uh, my middle name is Rose, so it's kind of a play on words. That each video I make is kind of like a little rose for Our Lady. Um, so it's oh, the Catholic wonderful. Rose. Now, what do you? Mm-hmm. So, what's the main theme on, on your um, YouTube? Obviously, channel? Catholicism, but specifically mm-hmm. kind of for girls, but. Um, just to spread the faith, teach the faith. I just did one on the Holy Souls in Purgatory, a devotion I kind of developed in college and has spread throughout, especially during the month of November. Um, and then just the beauty, you know, God's beauty in nature and in the church and kind of to create beautiful pieces of art um, in high school. And even through college, I did a lot of art. So I kind of take you know, beautiful images, sound, and then the teachings of the church and combine it all together to make That's hopefully a beautiful piece of art. Where did you go to college? Um, I went to Merrimack College. It's an Augustinian school up in Boston area. Um, so You're talking about the one in Florida. New Hampshire? Uh, no, it's just underneath one. New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But there's a really great Catholic schools up in New Hampshire, actually, now. Yeah, I, I yeah. lived there 10 years. My wife's from Northern Mass. I think we mentioned this yeah. before. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Very cool. I highly recommend checking it out. My little sister loves the, her oh. channel, and she was like asking me because <laughs> she went on like a like almost a month hiatus of not posting anything, yeah. and, and my sister was <laughs> like, to withdraw. My, yeah, my sister was going. <laughs> she was like, like, can you ask Claire when she's going to oh, post another video? I love your and, sister. Uh, I, and then the next day, Claire posted another video. I was like, yep. she, my sister was like, hey. I was like, I take credit for everything. It was all me. Yeah, I did everything. Providence. Exactly. Yeah. No, it takes a while to make these videos. <laughs> Praise be to God. Yeah. Clarissa is very impressed that uh, Gabriel Castillo is your boss. Yes. She's like, I'm impressed wow, to you, honestly, so every day. Cool. You should, it's very cool. If, yeah. You should, you should, you should, you should hear the story of how Claire got the job mm-hmm. working for yes. working for Gabriel Castillo. Yep. It's kind of hilarious. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, a, tell us then. Well, it's a long story, but long story short, um, I had found his YouTube videos in college um, completely changed my life in some sense, like really allowed me to grow my devotion to the rosary. I had been getting some 
come back from Protestants saying, you know, don't pray the rosary. And his videos mm-hmm. helped me kind of communicate better to Protestants how beautiful the rosary is and how Our Lady is a mother to all. Um, and then later, I kind of found his videos again, just made a simple comment like, hey, you really impacted my life. He found it. He friended me on Facebook. And mm-hmm. then when he got changed positions from uh, adult ministry to youth ministry. I remember that week. Yes. Uh, he was like, shoot, I need help. <laughs> and so he reached out to all his Facebook friends. I had done a lot yeah. of youth ministry stuff through college. And then I had already graduated and was doing my own youth ministry up in Boston. So I sent him along some retreat outlines, programs he could use. And he he was joking. He was like, oh, you should come work for me. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. But never, I would never leave Boston. I would never leave New England, my family. Uh, two oh, so months, you're originally from Massachusetts? I am, yeah. North Shore? Um, yeah, suburbs, kind of, but in the woods, kind of in oh, like nature. like west? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Natick, someplace out no, there? No, 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 north, north. Oh, north. North, yep. Right okay. next to Lexington, Woburn, all the historical Got towns. It. Yeah. Got so it, So if yeah. you've read that in your textbooks, that's where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, near the Plymouth and stuff. No, I'll be honest, I, I didn't pay attention much. In oh, the shot. Come the on, shot heard around the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so something about t- American history, something, something. Oh, come on, are you American or what? <laughs> He's um, Texan. He's yeah. Texan. Yeah, my, the extent Being of my Texan, history. All I care about is Texas down Texas here. History. How many <laughs> times, Claire, did you do? I hate to go into these rabbit trails because no, we're fine. talking about history now, which is my favorite Uh-oh. subject. Here oh, it's go. mine too. How, I love it. How many? Oh, praise be to God. How many times did you do the Freedom Trail as a kid? Oh, a lot. Yeah. A lot. It's a very long trail, and you can just hop on and hop off. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Anyone who hiker. visits with me, I take them. I am a hiker, yeah. Uh, we have a house up in New Hampshire, so we do hiking, skiing. Really? Yeah, what part a, of New Hampshire? Um, Whitefield. It's okay, up sure. past the White Mountain. Like yeah. in, yeah. I'm familiar. Cannon Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Right it's, uh, New Hampshire is a gorgeous mm-hmm. state. It's just it too is. bad. It's filled with crazy people and taxes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Other than that. <laughs> Live free <yeah>. or die. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't think that means what they think it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're imposing a vaccine mandate right now, as a matter of fact. Are they? Oh, so that's, lift, that's, that's Southern New Hampshire. That's Southern New Hampshire for die. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, our house is up in the north up there. Yeah, it is beautiful, though. Praise <laughs> be to God. It is, yeah. yeah. So to finish my story, I had sent him some stuff. And then two months later, my boss, Gabriel, was like, no, I'm dead serious. I need someone to work for me. <laughs> no, really? And I was like, still not taking it seriously. But it was actually my mom. I love my mom. Over dinner, she was like, Clary, you should take this seriously. I took it to prayer. And then I was like, wow, the Lord might actually be calling me to Texas. And I, on St. Clair's feast day, actually, which is my namesake, uh, my boss, who's the priest at our parish, um, he was the one who did the call with me, hired me, and I moved down within two weeks, packed one suitcase, came wow. down here, never left since, and it's been three years. So You it's haven't been, gone home? Uh, you I visited. Did. <laughs> you visited. I visited for Christmas and yeah. Thanksgiving. Praise yeah. be to God for that. Mm-hmm. Douglas Ross over on Facebook says, there's a theory here in Boston that mm-hmm. life exists outside of Route 495. And maybe he meant life doesn't exist outside of. He said it's a theory. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, we we sometimes believe there might be life outside our little hub. Po- yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. The world revol- revolves around Boston. Boston it does. is that that's is that Northeast Houston, Northeast Texas? Yeah. <laughs> these these Texans save me, I'm confused. save yeah. me, please. <laughs> <I'm> confused. <laughs> they don't even know what our state looks like. <laughs> yeah. This is accurate. They're very confused. This is accurate. That's that's a whole state it's called the Cape like. Cod. <laughs> Yeah, they, My goodness! They can't, yeah, it's actually I'm true. having flashbacks right now. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Right <laughs> I have lots. You know, the, one of the beautiful things about New England, uh, Massachusetts, a lot of things. Well, there's a few <laughs> things anyway. Um, one of them is they don't they, like up until maybe the last couple of decades, like chain convenience stores wasn't is not really a thing up there. Hmm. So especially up in like New Hampshire, I think you can still see yeah. this Vermont, Maine. Like you go, you're driving these roads, you're not going to stop and see some big 
chain gas station on the outside of anything on a highway. You get mom and pop shops that buy houses and turn them into convenience yes, stores. beautiful old houses. And they yes. sell you a 72-inch long hoagie that you can eat for three <laughs> days. I mean, they, they, they slaughter whole cows to put on their sandwiches. I mean, they're just massive proportions. And when I, back in the day, in the 90s, when I was working in telecommunications, boy, we would buy this this massive quantity of food and it would just... It would just fill our gullets for for like days. It was so amazing. That's 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 penultimate uh, New England for you. Yes. Uh, anyway, Boston. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today, Douglas Ross. Praise be to Jesus, Mary Barone. We're praying for you, of course, as well as Joaquin and Maureen. Good morning to you. Praise Jesus. Lori was on earlier. I think I'm not sure Lori's still on with us now. She might have taken off. Jesus Robles, William Hemsworth is on. Good morning to you. Uh, Monica Cortez and Gloria Deanne Lopez, good morning to you. Thank you, George Happy birthday, Black. Jeff. Yeah, happy birthday, Jeff. 42 years young. Praise be to Jesus. 42 is a good year. It was a nice year. I remember it fondly. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> Mike is hanging out with us over on odyssey.com. Says, good morning, Coast Guard. Good morning, Captain of Fishing Boat on my port bow. What is your nation of origin? Texas. Captain. Texas. Yeah. yeah. Amen, brother. Ted Cruz is in the news for making comments about Texas seceding, by the way. Based. I mean, that's horrible. Although he wants to also be president of Texas. I'm also okay with this. (laughs) So there's that. Patty was on earlier. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Mimi was on. Good morning to you. Uh, Let's see here. Buddy, good morning. June, good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Evog, Wiggly, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Praise be to Jesus. Who's on uh, YouTube today? Let's see. Uh, Undead Chronic's son. Interesting name. That's Said good morning, everyone. Anyone else going to Baltimore next week? I am. Uh, Joe will be there. You got to go hunt him down. Uh, he'll be in a suit, I'm assuming. David L., good morning to you. Clarissa, thank you for moderating for us. Susan Burrier, good morning to you. Um, let's see. Oh, and the Burrier family. Good morning to the entire Burrier family. Good morning. Uh, Christopher Chance, thank you for moderating as well. Chris got some of those spammers uh, deleted. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, and amen. Uh, Eric is on with us. Good morning, Eric and Tammy. Paul Wasik, good morning to you. And Kim and family, I'm assuming, the Sundermans, good morning to y'all. Mary Bose, ask for prayers. We will be praying for you, Mary. Yeah. Uh, Becky is on with us. Praise be to God. Good morning, Becky and Colin. And I think I got everyone. If I missed you, please let me know. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Um, Paul usually hangs out with us on our website. Paul's from Buffalo. Uh, Paul's on YouTube today. So good morning. He has a Buffalo or he's from Buffalo? He's from Buffalo. (laughs) Have you ever been to Buffalo? (laughs) I have. I've eaten Buffalo. You've eaten. Have you? Well, you know, wings come from Buffalo, Buffalo, right? Do they now? A particular restaurant in Buffalo. Interesting. In the foyer of that restaurant, all throughout the whole restaurant, motorcycles all over the walls. Wow. It's super cool. Um, somebody. King of Angus Pass. Let's talk about New oh, Hampshire. I love New Hampshire. Yes, King of Angus Pass. Beautiful. Swam Isn't there. It? Yeah. Yeah, King. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I, I, I wanted. Actually, I was planning to try to take a whole month and move my family back to New Hampshire for a month. Wow, beautiful. This year. Yeah. And do the show remotely from New Hampshire. That was one of my goals, but and then my transmission decided it died. So there oh. goes that. But. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the Kank is so incredibly beautiful. My first, uh, my wife, when I met my wife in 95, 
are very... That's when I was born. Really? Yeah. Praise be to God. So as you were being born, we were going on our first date. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> and our very first date... I was date, trying to tell Joe that he became... That I'm older than him in the Catholic faith. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It is. I'm definitely uh, younger. <laughs> our first date was moose watching in Woodstock <gasps> wow. outside of Lincoln in the How White romantic. Mountains. Wow. In the dark, on a back road, middle of nowhere, and my wife's like, you can't move. <laughs> you can't talk. I'm like, why not? You'll spook the moose. And then like we would sit there in the dark and then every once in a while we'd turn the headlights on and there'd be a giant moose standing in front of That's us. That's epic. Yeah, wow. it was pretty cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, praise Jesus. Um, but Houston's a lot like New Hampshire. No. It's yeah. Exactly. No. Winding no. hills. No. Mountains. <laughs> mountains everywhere. No. Crisp, no. low humidity. No. I literally, there's a YouTuber I like to follow. She films <laughs> nature and stuff and she's sometimes my inspiration. And I was like, I need to watch her sometimes just to remember nature. Because Houston, <laughs> Houston is a desert of nothingness. <laughs> well, yeah, to be fair, Houston, a, uh, Houston is a very swamp, bad but. representation of Texas because it's, yes. a, it's a swamp. It's also one of the largest <laughs> cities in the world. Yeah. Uh, so it's like not a good representation of Texas, to be fair. You, you can drive out a few miles yeah, and you can see nicer much better. Texas land. Yeah. yeah, good farmland. Mary Barone said, Adrian, how about the history of the Catholic Church in America? Didn't that history capture you? We didn't learn that in school. We didn't learn <clears throat> Catholic American history in school. Did you school, learn anything but, Catholic in school? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, my theology classes. Uh-huh. Um, I sure. Took, Okay. <laughs> Were you but homeschooled? The, no, no, no. I went to uh, mm. I went to St. Thomas High School, oh. uh, the greatest high school in the world. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it's uh, way better. Than, way better than Judson ever. High School. I tell you that. <laughs> Good grief! Uh, I've met Claire. I don't know yes. if you've ever experienced this, but like when you talk to like older people and you ask, "Hey, where'd, where'd you, go you go to school? school?" They'll say, "Oh, I went to Saint Harvard." Thomas high school. That I went to, you know, they'll the MIT for yeah, your yeah, neck yeah. of the woods. They'll oh, say something like, "Here in Houston, if you meet somebody who's gone to St. Thomas High School." Yeah. The, the, even if they went to Harvard, they'd be like, I went to St. Thomas High School. Amen, brother. <laughs> like, it's like, not even who, a joke. Who still remembers their high school 40 years later? That's sure. what like, blows my mind. Because no I, I meet people and they're like, talk about how they hated high school. And like, man, I can't. I, I was so happy to get into college. And I, man, my high school years were terrible. I'm glad wow. to put that behind me. And like, me and my buddies are like, Dude, high school rocked. We loved <laughs> high school. And uh, it's like a St. Thomas High School. We love it. We, we always talk about it with uh, fond memories. Aww. So, you know, the best best high school in the world, St. Thomas good. High School. There yeah. you go. Hey, Sci-Fi Mike's hanging out with us as well over on Odyssey.com. They're having a, I guess they're, claim, they're putting down the claim here, laying down the law about uh, the Mike's on Odyssey are bosses. And well, there you go. There you go. The mics on Odyssey are bosses, according to I, Mike from Odyssey. Where's the lie? I mean, I don't know how to. I don't know how to counter that. Who are you a boss of exactly? Yourself. I'm just wondering. And, and Odyssey. Mm, mm. <laughs> Praise be. No, to God. but I. I did. Uh, I am interested in Catholic history, so like I. I learn. I read about a lot of like the uh, Battle of Ponto, the wars. But really, I actually I learned a lot of these things uh, via talking to the TFP guys. Um, I was just probably my my senior year of high school and a couple years into college, I started reading about the Crusades and I was now I was like, maybe the Crusades weren't as bad as everybody makes them out to be. And then I met the TFP guys and they were like, oh, no, no, the, the Crusades are awesome. <laughs> Tell that and, to Constantinople. Uh, <laughs> see what they say. Well, that's one. <laughs> and uh, and uh, also, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. On anyway, the whole, on the average. But we were talking about were it. Good. And so we were talking about it and the TFP guys guys would just 
would just talk about the different uh, crusader kings and the monks that would yeah. go on to crusade Great and stories. the bishops who would who would uh, fight fight in the battles and yeah. i was like this is amazing and i'm just like this yeah. is this is awesome and the they kings so that, i learned a lot about uh the crusader history and the that's kings awesome. that Very wanted to go that really wanted to go on on crusade too. macbeth king of scotland 17 years wanted to go on crusade uh uh robert the bruce which by the way had norman ancestry king nice. of scotland he didn't get to go on crusade but his heart did <laughs> they took his heart oh to, my. to crusade <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's cool stories like that. By the way, Clarissa is saying, Claire, San Antonio is much prettier. We have great oh. belts, uh, green, great green belts and parks for hiking. Not the same Ooh. as where you are from, though. Okay, I'll have to visit. She's I, trying to I, recruit you, I, I think. I know. I have visited there a few times, actually, because my spiritual director actually is in San Antonio. But I never get to explore. I just go visit mm. and then leave. So I should visit yeah. the nature parts there. Jeff know. said, yeah. Houston has some of the most beautiful Concrete views anywhere. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Claire's face was like skeptical for a second. Claire was like, hey, beautiful? And it, concrete views. There you go. What's up with that, Burriers? Uh, but where's the lie? Because <laughs> it is concrete village here. Man. You know, I remember driving through Boston so many times back when they had the uh, the uh, the green bridge. They used to mm-hmm. go in. They, yes. They tore they tore that down. They built mm-hmm. tunnels and they made green park pathways or whatever. But man, I used to get stuck on that bridge. Yeah. Traffic was horrible mm-hmm. going through Boston. Yeah. Boston is a concrete village now for sure. Oh. It's a little prettier it now that they tore that it down. It still has history. But that's what I was going to say next. And San Antonio <laughs> is kind of like that in the sense that. Mm. You have a modern city that still has n- a nod to its past and mm-hmm. still has some cultural identity, yeah. even in the midst of its own concrete jungle, where Boston's kind of like that. And New England is lovely for that. You drive yeah. around New England, and there are little quaint little villages, yes. and you're like, you feel connected to history. Yes, and beauty. And, Everything is yeah. beautiful, yes. Rolling hills. Yep. and The houses are made well. Yes. But you have to admit, yeah. Houston churches are way more beautiful. <clears throat> the people are beautiful. <laughs> 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 the people are beautiful. Boston has their historical old churches. Yeah, we built, have, yeah. Built we from, have built from like the people yes. who came over. And here. they oh, look wow, so yeah. amazing now that they're all boarded up and oh, empty. My goodness, no, no, no. Yeah, no. we have some. I, really I, I do have a story. Churches. So one of my, my spiritual director, he actually was part of one of the restoration projects of the old churches up in Boston, and one of them is beautiful. It was made by the Irish Catholics. All these people who came over, and they he has stories. They would come over, and they would, before building their own houses, they would sleep out in tents. They would actually build their church first. So they would build their, they would go to work. They would come home, build their church, yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. Once their church was built, and this church is gorgeous. Once the church was built, then they would go make their little houses. So they would be out in tents in the winter. Yeah. Boston winter, Yikes. sleeping, That's crazy. make sure their church is built, and then they would build their homes. I know. That wow. is the faith. We, that is the, beauty. The cathedral, Manchester Cathedral, wow. where my wife and I were married, where I became Catholic, was built by the parishioners. Wow, yes. We're working in the mm-hmm. mill. They'd go Beautiful, do our yeah. day shift at the mill. Yep. They'd get off work. They'd go build the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Then they'd go home, yeah. get up and rinse and repeat. Beautiful. So you're yeah. saying they didn't do a million-dollar capital campaign? No, no. They built it with their hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, David L. says, in Boston, that road was called the Central Artery. Then came the Big Dig. <laughs> there used yeah. to be a, and there ice cream a, called the Big Dig, too. Delicious. There used, there used to be a sign Yummy. that they had... Uh, 
because I was there right right when they were building that, and there was a sign that said Rome wasn't built in a day either. And <laughs> just trying to remind oh, <laughs> the citizens of Boston that someday this torture will end. Aww. I don't remember how long it took, but it was the largest my cons- childhood. It took my construction childhood. <laughs> uh, project in America for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, oh, just ignore the fact that the tunnels under the under the water were leaking a lot. Yeah, ignore mm-hmm. that. Just keep going. Hey, you can drive through them now. <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. Although, if I'm not mistaken, there was a tra- tragedy yes, and some was. of the panels fell mm-hmm. and, and killed a woman, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Terrible yeah. story. Didn't Christopher Chan says, Houston, only crazy people go outside during the summer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yay, Damon. It's I miss New England right now. It's because uh, it's peak. It's peak. It or, is. or are we just past peak? We're just past a week or two past the peak foliage, the beautiful yellow and orange trees. Yeah. But um, snow's around the corner right yeah, after Thanksgiving. Yeah, snow's coming. You get up to uh, uh, you, White Mountains or just past the White Mountains up there, the mm-hmm. the Mount Washington area. Oh, it's under freezing, I think, now. It's the temperature. beautiful. I did yeah. a uh, motorcycle uh, ride wow. through the White Mountains and it's Maine. It's under freezing already? In Vermont. I think my dad told me years that. Years ago. Holy yeah, up moly. higher in North New Hampshire, yeah. Oh, my I know. Goodness. Well, we used to go. My, my father owned uh, a business and a house up in Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, which is the farthest north town you know, you sneeze and you're Canadian. And uh, we used to go up there quite a lot, and the snow was pretty pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. But uh, freezing temperatures, but it was just like Oh, if you have the right awesome. equipment, right clothing, it's beautiful. You're nice and warm. Out yeah. White, I don't have the right clean, equipment. Spark- okay. We'll get you there. <laughs> I, 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 I own like one coat. Uh, well, you're going to need more than that. We'll get you probably. some boots and a hat. Yeah. Uh, Buddy says, you are forgetting Houston has the world's best waterfall it's true, we in do. the Galleria. Oh. oh, my goodness. All right. I've driven by that. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, I have something for that. Hold on. Hold on. I have. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Mike says, uh, stayed in Baytown for a while. Did not see much of Houston. That was pretty uh, Baytown, Black Duck Bay. I do like Black Duck Bay outside of Houston. I have friends there. I've had some great times there. Praise be to God. Uh, Mike also says, I did ride up the Green Mountains and back down the White Mountains. It was stunning. Yeah, wow. amen. He said he biked? Uh, he said ride up. I'm ride. not sure. Okay, if you, cool. Do you mean motorcycle? I did the motorcycle ride in the White Mountains all the okay. way up to Pittsburgh. My and dad does biking, great. like road biking. Yeah. He's done that. That's you know, some of the people that uh, is riding in the road and I'm like behind them, yes. traveling for an hour <laughs> behind them, and I'm like, hey, no, no. get off the yeah. road. No, no, he no. Bikes, this is for cars. He bikes faster than your car. He bikes faster than your car. Oh, okay. Okay. As um, long as he's biking faster than my car, because I'm like behind these people in the car and I'm like, hey, oh my alone. goodness, these people. We're going like, I'm glad you're I'm like being trying safe. to get around. I'm glad you're being safe and, you know. I, I may or may not have run the motor. No, I'm just okay. kidding. I did. <laughs> Mike, Mike said he was on an Indian motorcycle. That's super Ooh, cool, Mike. Wow. I'm jealous. Praise be to God. I'm jealous. Very That's nice. a beautiful bike. I think there was a motorcycle convention or something down here, wasn't there recently? Um, there's always Probably stuff like right that. Now, yeah. Wouldn't but, be surprised. But there's a lot of bikers mm. in New Hampshire. Yes. Live for your die, as they yes. say. Or they used to. Before they no, no, there m- still is. Mandate COVID okay. vaccines. <laughs> And all the rest. Mm-hmm. Poor Claire. Um, they got poor pushed up Claire. north. <laughs> you know some of the some of the things that we miss about New Hampshire. Uh, definitely not the taxes. I'm going to be honest with you there. But uh, we miss like we used to go pick out our Christmas tree, uh, like like a month before Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'd go to the farm. We'd mm-hmm. walk the farm. Oh. We'd pick the tree, and then we would decorate the tree, and then we'd come back on Thanksgiving weekend. 
and we would uh, we would do the apple cider. We would do all of the like sort of the the the, the cliche mm-hmm. you know, New England goodies, yes. uh, and then we would chop the tree down and bring it home and uh-huh. set it up in the house. We loved doing that. Blueberry high bush blueberry picking, oh, apple yeah. picking farm, mm-hmm. the maple, yes. uh, the all the maple shacks. The seasons, yeah. man, mm-hmm. I lo- I miss that so much. Seas. See, like, yes. is that the Fall, stuff, you, winter, stuff you put in the food? No. Yeah. Seasoning? No child. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful fall season. Beautiful fall I, season. I had some season on my uh, fajitas yesterday. Oh. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, very tasty, by the way. <laughs> you don't get too many good fajitas in New Hampshire, I'm going to be honest no, with you. No, You get Italian food up north. Yeah, nice, a lot Italian of Italian food. Mm-hmm. Uh, is life worth living without Mexican food? I'm just, mm, just There wondering. is one really good Mexican restaurant in Manchester. Sure there is. is. There? Yes, sure there is. Heard of it. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's what wow. people were telling me in Poland whenever we went there. They're like, <laughs> you got to try this Mexican restaurant. And we tried it, and they put a potato in our enchiladas. Oh, I was I'm like, sure what? They're what? They're probably proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they all say. Oh, no, trust me. This Mexican restaurant is good. Okay. No. Sure Houston it is. has the best of that. It yeah. does. Yep, that's yep. true. Praise be to God. Yeah, there is one really great restaurant in Manchester. My wife and I had our our the dinner before the day we What is that called the night before you get married dinner called? What is that like special name? Oh, neither one of you are married. You what, know? what am I talking? <laughs> Can't tell Why you. am I asking the two of you? <laughs> you mean the rehearsal dinner? Yes, thank you. I'll okay. take rehearsal dinners for two hundred. Okay, I uh, videoed anyway. many weddings. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we we had our rehearsal dinner at the Mexican restaurant, and it, it that my that was our favorite restaurant by far. Michelle and I, we love that place. Their their cheese bean bean dip was amazing. Mm. Uh, let's see, Lori said she's Lori's still hanging out with us, by the way. Uh, Galveston last weekend, I guess there was a motorcycle thing yes. going down. Galveston, right by me. Uh, the Lori said, when were you in Poland? I was in Poland three years ago at this point. It feels mm. like not that long ago, but I guess it's a long time ago. Did you get to see St. Faustina's? I did. Yes. I went to Mice the Mice Shrine Colby? of Divine Mercy. I went wow. to the, uh, the, um, cell of the Max Colby. Epic. Uh, cool. so that was cool. That cool. Um, so I got a lot of places. The Shrine of Divine Mercy, I have to say, no offense, is one oh. of the ugliest churches I've ever been in. I've seen pictures. Um, yeah. it, it looks like, uh, oh. the Avengers training facility. Okay. And then, cool. and then they have, they have the giant tower next to it and it yeah. looks like Avengers Tower. What is oh. going it's, on? It's pretty bad. Wow. Who's and, in uh, the tabernacle is a globe, oh, no. is a no, golden no, no. globe. <laughs> it's like circular. Mm-hmm. And then surrounding oh. the, uh, the oh. tabernacle are these like wooden branches that yes, are like I've dead and cryptic mm-hmm. and it's like supposed it's to be symbolic odd. of oh. the uh, burning bush but oh, it looks like it's just a dead bush didn't know that Ouch. Uh, so That's ra- yeah. who raises millions and millions of dollars and then builds that the, I'll tell you. People I, who don't pray the rosary. Well, <laughs> well I hate to tell y'all, but uh, JP2 is the one who built the no. Ark Church, and it's him. even uglier than uh, yeah. than the Trine Divine Mercy. Ouch. <laughs> La Coretta in Manchester is the name of that restaurant. Thank you, David, for reminding me of that. I, I'm having a uh, Biden day today. Come on, man. My brain doesn't want to work. I'm sorry. Just the way it goes. Come on, man. I know it. It's true. Yep, that's the way it is. That's what today. you hear inside of Joe's head right now. La- exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's active, really. That's a little too active. My brain is worse than that today. Uh, Buddy says, I do not believe in institutions, and marriage is an institution. What? That's awfully. Uh, it's a sacrament, actually. Buddy, where are you it's going with all that? It's like, uh, that's like, that's way out there, pal. I'm not sure what. Uh, can't what get to on that boat for with you. Yeah, Probably. I can't either. Uh, I take the sacrament every day. Every day. More coffee for Joe. Yes, yes, for sure. I've already had probably... Eight cups. 
uh, I probably literally had 40 ounces so far this morning, maybe a little more. Yikes. The Black Madonna. Do you see Black Madonna? Of course, mm. of course. Our Lady yeah. of Jasmine Gorda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a Black Madonna in Switzerland, too, actually. I got to go see her. Mm-hmm. In Switzerland, huh? Yeah. Didn't know that. Their own little shrine. How many uh, pilgrimages have you been on there, Claire? Me? Um, I would say only actually one pilgrimage. Where'd you go? Um, Rome, Italy. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. we went with a priest. Um, it was beautiful. I think it was for a week or something like that. And we got to go primarily around Rome, but we also got to go to Assisi. So I got to see St. Clair. Nice. Um, that was epic. And we walked down the little area to go see where her convent was and see where she slept and celebrate or participate in the mass. And mm-hmm. amazing. Because, you know, she saw the mass on the wall while she was sick in bed. Patron and of so, TV. Yeah, patron of TV. And she the the where the mass was celebrated was actually right next to her through the wall kind of yeah. wow who needs a grill impressive. you could just see it through the wall that's right yeah don't tell that to the bishops they're going to bring back tv masses oh, yes. <laughs> oh yikes <laughs> let's skip on that um sci-fi mike says i used to live in san diego i am of the opinion that the best mexican is not in mexico i uh, agree i don't know i the first thing the first meal i had when i left boot camp i went to san diego was mexican and it was not it was not good. Tex-Mex not is awesome. not the same as Mexican Tex-Mex food. Tex-Mex is the best Tex-Mex version of best. Mexican food. I agree. Authentic Mexican wow. is not as good as Tex-Mex. I agree. And, uh, and San Diego was a little too authentic for my liking. Mad facts. <laughs> Mad facts, what the kids are saying these days. Did, no they t- did they tell you why they call it the Black Madonna? Yes. It's well, because of the soot that's on that uh, all the candles that were being burned. Hold on. Here's the picture of the Avengers Tower. Which is the? <laughs> He's Joe, still on that. He's still. On, we were talking about the black Madonna. Oh, we've moved black on Madonna. Hold on, I have a picture of black Madonna. <laughs> yeah, as well. pull her up. Let's see our lady. Let's see. That does look like a picture. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? That's horrible. It, is, it looks just like it. Okay, Who's we're, we're out of time. And then here's the church that uh, oh. JP2 designed and paid for and built. <laughs> uh, Christopher Chan says, quoting Iron Man, Jarvis, prepare for Eucharistic adoration. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Claire, thank you for hanging out with us today. We enjoyed having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. In fact, I will fire Adrian today if it means getting you in the studio. Please. You just say the word. (laughs) Take my job. And we will make that happen. Uh, We did not have a chance to tell you who that third member is of Catholic Drive Time. Forgot. I guess I'll just have to tease you again tomorrow. (laughs) Well, string it out. We we have hired them. Remind us. It's a done deal. They're on their way. So I guess you're going to have to remind me to tell you or, or else keep guessing.